0: Thank you for joining us. We've made it through another month, and now we are in October of this global pandemic. We're going to make it, guys. 2020 is almost over. But while we're in it, let's do as much as we can to help people that are suffering from mental illness. October supports Mental Illness Awareness Week. October 4th, to October 10th, but we're dedicating the entire month to talking about mental health, mental illness, depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction, alcoholism, and we are very happy to have you here to contribute to helping each other get better. If you are thinking of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 800 273 We need you here. I'm very happy to tell you we're doing Flashback Friday today. There's nobody, in my opinion, better to start off World Mental Health Day, which is tomorrow, 10-10-20, than running two of the last shows that we have done with Dr. Mark Sylvester, the founder of Alt Psych. Say hello to the camera, Mark Sylvester, MD.
1: Hello, camera.
0: (laughs) So Dr. Mark Sylvester, what words of wisdom do you wanna offer to the audience while we are honoring a very, very impactful day, which is World Mental Health Day tomorrow, 10-10-20?
1: Well, in addition to honoring World Mental Health Day, I want everyone to think about where they are in their own mental health. It's been a difficult year for everyone. I want to make sure that people tune in to the show and really think a lot about what you're talking about because it's critically important now more than ever that I've seen in my career.
0: And how long have you been doing this, Dr. Sylvester? Three weeks now. (laughs) Perfect. So thank you so much for being a part of World Mental Health Day. We love what you do for all of us. Thank you, Dr. Sylvester.
1: Thank you. Konnichiwa.
0: Definitely everybody watches show, Alt Psych. Oh my God, it has like, A hundred, how many views on YouTube?
1: All of them. Make sure you click the link above. Bye. I saw a patient today and that's literally what we were talking about. That was the the crucible of, okay, so you've, so you're saying you've identified life's changed. Look, we all like routine. We all like certainty, Uh, especially addicts and alcoholics. It's part of their treatment Mm -hmm. and they've taken this uh, pandemic especially hard because not only has it logistically interrupted a a lot of meetings, Mm -hmm. but it's really messed with accountability structure, you know, their home groups, a lot of the routine behaviors they were doing, um, whether that was before work, all of that's just changed. And, you know, we see a similar phenomenon around holidays, especially Christmas, or New Year's or Thanksgiving and (laughs) routines get disrupted. And I think, you know, kids, the elderly addicts and alcoholics, they're the most sensitive to the change in routines, but we're all creatures of habit. And so this was an overnight change in routine. This affected everyone. On the positive side, because it affected everyone, you can compare notes with your next door neighbor, of course, six feet away and, you know, in a level two hazmat um there's you know maybe we're a name tags, so you guys know who each other are but that's some common thread that binds us all all right you
0: to be funny is. with your patients i need to know this right now are you funny with your patients?
1: oh yeah
0: oh good so you're yeah. like who you are right now with your patients
1: oh yeah well no i've toned it down a little bit because you asked me not to you know offend <laughs> anyone never, swear never, Je- never. you know you really cut me off at the knees such a but, uh, now another patient who told me she was so depressed she hadn't smiled and uh, was it since uh, August I think it was I uh, I said really okay and in the course of our meeting I got uh, I got six smiles dare I say Aww. knickers out of her Mercury. yeah I was keep I was keeping track <laughs>
0: so I
1: do I do believe laughter is the best medicine um, but, uh, you know, if someone doesn't laugh at my jokes, I know they're truly ill. And we need to uh, Baker Act them immediately and get them to the new- nearest uh, acute psych care facility. Oh,
0: somebody at the door. So got to go. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great because I I do, you know, I just listened to this. I listened to this book. I love saying that. But it's true. It's I consume so many books that. I love listening to audibles and podcasts and stuff like that. And I listened to um, a therapist who wrote a book and she talked about how, you know, what you learn in school versus what you do as a professional. It's the same with, you know, primary care docs and plastic surgery. It doesn't matter. You know, you learn certain things of what not to do, what not to be, how to act. And then you're confused as F, I don't know why I'm not cursing. I normally would. Why would I not curse with you here? Strange. It's
1: my decorum. <laughs> or my decolletage. I forget what which is Probably. which.
0: Probably. Right. Exactly. We should tell up. everybody your cool picture behind your head. It's really, I can only see half of it right now.
1: Oh, my Alex Gray. You want a little Want a little taste?
0: Isn't that gorgeous? I love that.
1: It's a bit hippie, but then again, so am I.
0: We like it a bit hippy. So, okay. My point was, I think it's great that you are yourself, because I do know, because I get to work with doctors, obviously, and um, I do know that they kind of change sometimes when they're with I their f- patients.
1: I feel like this is an entrapment question, because you know, you, you've, you've read a lot of my reviews online, and I think that by far and away, the the and honestly, it's the most, uh, it's, it's the compliment most near and dear to my heart that I feel proud of uh, if I were to be honest with myself, which I rarely am, um, that, you know, Dr. Sylvester treats me like a, a, a real human being, or just talks to me like a normal person, and I, and I always hear that, and I scratch my head, and I think, like, how are your other psychiatrists treating you? Like a specimen? Right. Like a dirt bag? L- like a disease? Like some psychopathology? I, uh, so that's actually w- some of the best feedback. I de- I tend not to read my own reviews as a general rule, but, uh, you know, I have people for that.
0: <laughs> of course you do.
1: Don't I, people? <laughs> right. Got to be someone under this desk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, really, it is it is the greatest comment, because I, do, I remember how I felt going to my psychiatrist. I was scared to death. I was. I yeah. was and I was scared when I left, because he scared me. And, um, and I felt safe going back to my therapist, because at least my therapist was the reason that it worked with him. And I know this for a fact. I wrote a whole chapter about Ben, Tuesdays with Ben, because he revealed himself to me because he was himself. Because he, you know, there's a reason why that whole Me Too movement worked. Somebody said, you know, Me Too. And it's not like you're saying Me Too. You're just saying, yeah, I'm a human, like you.
1: Yeah, so one of the alternatives here is, you know, an alternative to the way you're treated by every other psychiatrist out there. And I think, you know, some of that is my nature and maybe it's my style. It certainly wasn't my training, but I've told you before, I, I you know, I was an engineer first. And so it's almost like I've, I've brought in the, the temperament of an engineer mm-hmm. into medicine and to me, I didn't transform my personality to become some stoic uh, a jerk uh, to make people feel inhumane. I, um, I just see them as someone just like me that I am in a position to potentially help.
0: Yeah. So tell us about some of the other alternatives that you offer in your practice.
1: So, well, when discovering all different types of complementary and alternative uh, methods for approaching, treating uh, a variety of, of mental health complaints. I really studied all the different modalities, east to west, if you will, and was an equally as impressed how many things that I may have learned and in-
0: They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. tie Technology rocks.
1: Six weeks and a module in medicine on complementary and alternative medicine was a mainstream part of a lot of other therapists, sometimes physicians, Practices, and I, you know, went back and actually did another fellowship, which I seem to collect, but specifically in integrative health, because there's a tremendous amount of science along with these complementary and alternative me- methods. Um, Part of what makes me unique as a psychiatrist in the in the alternative psychiatry movement, functional psychiatry, is is a general trend to get away from being pill pushers, and now you're really getting me upset, because a lot of the psychiatrists say, oh, hey, you're in, what are you in for, depression, anxiety, try the blue pill, oh, the blue pill didn't work, try the red pill, and you're tampering with someone's mind, mm-hmm. their, perce- their perception of existence, their reality, uh, the, the template, the very template that they use to interact with the world, you're changing
0: but it says
1: not pill pushers so by pushing pills to me it's like playing russian roulette with someone else's brain and i don't sleep well at night doing that so i i do not identify with that crowd i i have often been described by my colleagues as being more conservative um i'm much more likely to Begin uh, a treatment, uh, whether it's pharmacological treatment or uh, nutra, uh, th- our, our uh, nutraceutical treatment, with the least dose and the sort of the least strong, I guess, intervention. Right. So it, says, it says
0: because we don't get any sort of kickback or perks for prescribing medication.
1: Yeah, that one, that one, I don't get. They made that illegal a long time ago. So we haven't been able to get that for, uh, in in my whole life.
0: Well, when you could, you took full advantage. Is that what you're saying?
1: I know, because it was before me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pissed off. I couldn't get some of that.
0: (laughs) Right, I'm kidding. Trust us. We don't want anyone taking medications if they don't need to.
1: Yes, I agree agree with that 100%. There are no kickbacks. There's no conspiracies and alternative motives. And quite frankly, I'm trained a lot about over medication and polypharmacy and drug-drug interactions, and, but the, it's common sense. Someone should not be on a medication that they don't need. What I, let me tell you what I don't do. Yes. And, 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 I, and this is not that I consider myself great, although in this case, I think that I do. It's that I it was so alarmed. So many of my colleagues all have favorite medicines. And I'm like, you can have like favorite kids, but favorite medicines is not, those words should not be in the same sentence. And so that shows their bias in prescribing. Oh, I've had better luck with this medicine or that medicine. Um, that always makes my skin crawl because each person is a different biologic being or different presentation of symptoms. The medications have, you know, a lot of different effects, mechanisms of action, but we, believe it or not, we mainly target side effects. So if somebody's losing weight because they're so depressed, we might choose an antidepressant with more weight gain.
0: And I wish um, I could lose weight from being depressed. I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
1: Well, we've got meth for that, you know, <laughs> in my weight loss clinic. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's that's part of the process, meth. Okay, we're
1: kidding because I, I can legally prescribe it, sadly, but I never have. Um, and I really kind of get a sense of the flavor. If we're talking about depression, and there's no anxiety, which they're cousins and they're frequently over overlapped. But if someone has a prim- more primary anxiety-based disorder, we might approach them a little bit different than someone with a primary depressive disorder or a Venn diagram overlap of the two is frequently what we see, but a straightforward, antidepressant, you know, you'd look at a lot of factors, their age, past medications, family history. So, it turns out the most predictive value um, in determining whether a medication will be successful for uh, a patient with a similar indication as their relative who took um, that same medication is whether or not they found benefit, The relative found benefit from that medicine. So, if you know, name an antidepressant here, works great, and cousin Charlie, uh, that's actually a really good chance that it will work well in you as well, because you have similar uh, genetic makeups. Mm. And anxiety is a little bit different. You can test compatibility, but there's a lot more dose range uh, to be adjusted with with certain types of anxiety disorders. Somebody who has generalized anxiety, we really kind of Use low dose. Some with panic disorder, we may use medium dose, and some with OCD or even PTSD, um, we tend to use higher doses of those medications, or e- even augmentation strategies, adding other things to it. But
0: didn't you say something about like 23 and Me? I don't know if that's what it's
1: called. Oh yeah, the pharmacogenetics. So to me, that's probably the third most powerful predictor. So number one have you taken the medication yourself before and gotten good benefit 20 years before odds are it's going to do the same thing again Two, a first degree family relative three for me clinically the most useful tool at that point is a pharmacogenomic testing or you know a little cheek swab looking at the DNA and the cells in your mouth which match all of the other DNA in your body not
0: um, you in your office
1: we do it right in our office Yep. Yeah. It's very easy to collect, much like a um COVID collection, but doesn't need to
0: go quite as far out there. <laughs> yeah, that thing will touch actually, your brain.
1: Actually, we don't do it in the nose. We we you, you brush like between your cheek and gum with a big q-tip looking thing. It's a little q-tip, but it's long, long, skinny q-tip. So it's like the ones they cram up your sinus into your brain to look for COVID, but it's just a gentle rub between the cheek and gums on both sides for about 30 seconds and you get enough biologic material and DNA there within to determine certain biologic markers that we use to target not only um, the medicines, but more importantly, to figure out, wait, this person has a genetic predisposition explaining why they're more prone to depression and it may have a completely different treatment and much preferable so That's why it's it. so
0: important that um, if you are suffering from depression or anxiety or whatever it is, and you've, you know, I know how you feel about alternative methods. Hence the name, alt psychiatry. Um, it's never your go-to. It's never the first thing that you're, uh, you're like ready with the script pad. Here we go. But how important it is for you to maybe not rely upon said primary care physician. I'm not saying anything bad about primary care physicians. I just know that they don't typically specialize. And I think um, through my years of talking to people that have suffered and have been on medication, when I say like, oh, you know, which doc is prescribing something for you? And they're like, oh, my primary care has had me on, I don't even know what they're called anymore. The only one I know is Prozac, because that's the one I took when I was 21. Don't forget to check out Tie Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E, Technology. Check them out. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We would love it if you subscribed. This way you'll get notified every time there's a new episode, which in fact are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please feel free to leave a review. It really helps us and we appreciate your support. Thank you.